one thing that <clears throat> has always helped me on this journey more than anything else is to continue to remember <clears throat> that God is love. And that if I will just keep focused on that loving that God is and keep bringing that loving forward into my daily life, into my daily routine, into my daily action, my life gets pretty simple. And my life gets very fulfilled and very filled with joy and peace and loving. It's when I forget that God is loving and that I, as a soul, as an essence of God, am here to be in the loving. When I forget that and I get caught up in the mind, the emotions, the imagination of the body, I get caught up in the outer world rather than inside. I do get caught up. I get caught up in the essence that isn't loving, that is of the physical material world. And what is the God of this physical material world? It is the ego. And we chase after that essence that is of the ego, which seems to be love, but in truth, it is emptiness. There is nothing there that the ego can truly offer us that brings us fulfillment or joy or success or happiness. And I've done that. I've, I've moved into that. I followed after that for a short time. Only because I forgot for a moment to follow the loving, to be in the loving, that God is loving and that's what I'm searching for that's what I'm longing for. That's what I'm doing in this life. Every day now, every day for a century or two. No, it <laughs> feels like it sometimes. But every day now for a decade or two, when I wake up in the morning, I say two things. I ask for the Holy Spirit to go before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions, that I might keep my eye on the Lord. And I also ask that I keep my eye on loving and on that place where the loving resides, and that I live from that place of loving into all that I do. And where does that place of loving reside? It resides here at the seat of the soul. That divine spark that resides here is a part of the soul that you are in the soul realm right now. And if we can connect to that divine spark that is a part of our own soul and begin to truly know it, experience it, and live in it, and then from here into our daily life, our life can be transformed. And that takes time to do. Why does it take time to do if we know that that's what's true? Well, do you know that that's true? No, you're going to know it's true only by experiencing that the truth of soul, of loving, of God resides here. But all our lives, as we've been growing up, we've been taught that the truth is out there. The truth is in a book. The truth is in a building. The truth is in a person. The truth is out there somewhere. And the love 
that we want in our lives is out there. And the success and the meaning of our life is out there. And so we, from childhood on, are ever looking outside of ourselves. Outside of ourselves for that which brings us fulfillment. But in truth, has anyone ever found success, joy, peace, loving, the love of their life, or whatever out there that really has fulfilled them? For myself, I can only speak. And for me, no, that's not what I found. I have never found in the outer what I thought I would find. I have found empty, hollow vessels that say they contain certain things, but in truth they don't. They are empty. They are hollow. It's only by going inside that I have found what I have always longed for. The world is very complex, and it throws things on our pathway to distract us, to call us ever out into it. But as we begin to meditate, we begin to hold our attention in a different way. And when the world throws things down at us, on our pathway to distract us, we begin to identify it as just that, distraction from the truth, distraction from the loving. But by holding our attention in meditation every day, every day, every day, every day, and begin to bring our awareness, our focus, our loving here to the seat of the soul, and begin to connect to that place that is that divine spark, that is the place where loving truly resides, we eventually then can get up off of our chair or out of our bed for meditation and go into the world maintaining that focus, maintaining that awareness, and live from this place into the world. So many philosophers have said, be in the world but not of the world. Of the world is putting all your trust, all your belief into the outer and looking outside for the truth, for the answer, for the love. That's of the world. But to be in the world but not of the world for me means to connect here first to the soul. Know the truth of that. And then get up and go be in the world, do in the world, but do it from here. Participate with the world from here at the seat of the soul and do it in loving. And the way I found the easiest way to do that is first to love God, to move into loving with God. As you move into the loving with the Lord here, you begin to understand the truth of the movement of that river of loving that Rumi talks about over and over in his poetry, in his writings. It's to move into that consistent movement and then take that movement of loving in all that you do, wherever you go, with whomever you're with, 
It's an action of loving. It's an action of participation. But it's not getting caught up in the action. So if you're longing for something in the world, stop and look and see what is it you're longing for? What is it you're trying to fill up inside? And see if you've been searching after that for so long in the world and haven't found it, maybe it's time to do it different. Approach all of this differently. And begin to go inside and connect to the truth there and see if you don't find what you're looking for in a different place. When I was growing up, one of the things I learned at Sunday school was seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given unto you. But what I saw in the world was everybody was seeking the world first. They weren't seeking heaven. They were seeking the world. I remember one time when I was driving with the family that lived next door to a church to attend with them because my parents never went to church. I asked the, the father, I said, so how is it you're seeking heaven? And he looked at me and he says, well, I'm seeking heaven. And I said, well, how are you doing that? He says, I do it through my job. I do it through the sports I do in the world, my golf and my basketball. I do it by all the things I do with my family. That's how I'm seeking heaven. And I said, have you ever found heaven in all of that? And he says, well, I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to find what I wanted. He says, how come you're asking me all this? And I said, because I'm seeking heaven, and I want to find out how people have found it. So I can do that too. And he says, well, then don't do it my way, because you're not going to find it. <laughs> so that was good advice. I mean, at least he was honest as far as from his experience. And the mother of the family, I was with the two sons in the back and myself, and the mother in the family said to her husband, so you don't find me as, as a part of heaven in your life? And she, he said, well, yeah, I do, but it's not what he's talking about. And she goes, okay, we'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> so after asking many different people what they were doing to fulfill that statement of seeking first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall come and asking a rabbi and asking a priest and asking a nun and asking different family members and asking school teachers which went over real big with a couple of them <laughs> I got a lot of different answers. And I realized that none of the answers I got from those people out there were speaking to me. They weren't my answer. They weren't my truth. And all of a sudden I realized when I was about to approach my English teacher in, in school, where do you find heaven? 
how are you seeking heaven and have you found it? All of a sudden I realized I've got to stop asking them and start asking myself. I wasn't asking the one that really mattered. So rather than go and ask her, I sat down and I began to write. I began to write out what was my experience of seeking heaven. Where do I think heaven resides? Is it out there? Is it in a person? Is it in his job? What is it? What is heaven? Where is heaven? And as I was writing, all of a sudden, I remembered an experience I had that told me where heaven was a long time ago. And it was actually an experience that I had that made me begin to pray every day and sit down and focus in a certain way and speak with God and share with God which later became my meditation. And that experience was one day when I was very young, I was at a church, and they began the service with a prayer, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven. And as soon as they started praying this together, all of a sudden the energy all just lifted up, lifted up and because I can see light and see the movement of spirit, I just saw it all lift up and everybody was focused up in themselves. Some right here to the seat of the soul, but they were all focused up, looking upward towards God, not out into the world, with their eyes closed. And I remember thinking in that moment, that's where heaven is. Heaven is right here. Heaven is inside. Heaven is with your eyes closed and looking up. And I left church that day, and from that day on, in my childhood, every day, every day, every day, I spent time with my eyes closed, looking up. And I found for myself, I didn't know it was called the seat of the soul. I didn't know this is where the soul resides. But I knew that as I looked up, I was drawn here first. And it was so funny because when I would say, Our Father, I would immediately go here and I could feel something move. And I realized later that that's where the soul resides and where the true loving is. And it's for us to connect to that true loving and to that place of the soul to begin to understand what it is to seek the kingdom and to find heaven. And that's what this meditation practice is all about. It's spending time every day seeking that heaven, seeking the inner kingdom, seeking the soul, and finding the soul and awakening into the soul, and living in the soul, and then living from the soul into all that we do. And soul is God's loving in action. God put the soul into manifestation as an expression of his loving in action to go into all of creation and to experience 
to be active, to be doing. And what is it we're to be doing as that loving in action? Is to do just that. Be loving in action. Not stagnation. Don't stagnate. Don't sit down and do nothing. But be doing in action. Be loving in action. Be God's experience in his creation. And do I stagnate? Yes. I get caught up in things. I can find myself stagnating and not being in the loving, but being in hesitation, being in fear, being caught up in the world, being caught up in the worries of the world that people are living in and focusing on and manifesting in greater ways. I can get caught up in that because I have a body and this body can get caught up in body things in the world of the body. But it's for me to ever stay present. And when I do finally catch myself caught up in that, to stop and go back to the truth of who I am. To go back and be in the loving once again. And the way I do that, every day when I meditate, or any moment where I find myself caught up in the world, as I stop, I go inside by closing my eyes and bringing my attention upward. I go inward by closing my eyes and I go upward through my own attention. And there at the seat of the soul, I just say, I love you, Lord. I love you. And I am your loving. And I that am your loving am loving you. And I that am your loving, loving you, also open to receive your loving. That I this eternal soul of loving, be filled with your radiance, be filled with your song, be filled with your joy, be filled with your peace, and manifested in all ways as loving. Wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever I say. If we can begin to just do that, and then go and do it, and you'll do it for two seconds, and then you'll fall back into the patterns of the world, and then you stop again and close your eyes and go inside and go, okay, did it for two seconds, now let's see if we can go for four. Well, that's the name of the game. It's by doing it every time, every moment, every breath, every day that it becomes a true pattern of living, a true way of being. It's by doing it more and more, choosing it more and more all the time, rather than those other things that you've often chosen into. Choose something new. Choose into the loving. And the more you do that, the more that's going to be the new way of your life. That's why meditating every day is so important. Because you're changing an old pattern. The old pattern is get up and go do the world. And go do the world is very simple. You just open your eyes and you go to the bathroom. You go fix breakfast. You go get ready for work. You go to work. And so on and so forth. The story of whatever 
your daily life is like. That's the old pattern. The new pattern would be wake up, then sit up, and then keep your focus inside and go into meditation. Go into sharing your loving with the Lord and the Lord loving with you and live in that movement of the divine flow of loving. And yes, you're going to get distracted and you're going to be called away from that and that's okay. But then bring your focus back once again and bring your focus back. Just as Brian said, maybe in two hours of meditation he'll get a good 30 minutes in of true meditation. And the other hour and a half, it's distraction. It's the world calling, it's the body calling, it's this happening, it's that pushing and pulling. And then you just bring your attention back to God, back to God, back to God, back to the soul, back to the seat of the soul, inward and upward. And the more you do that on a regular basis, the easier it is to begin to choose into it regularly. And not just in meditation, but in all the moments of the day. That's how you begin to live from here, at the seat of the soul, and not from the mind, the ego, the emotions, the body consciousness. And that's how the soul begins to take dominion over all of this. It's interesting, at the physical level, the soul is the weak link. The mind and all the elements of the physical is so much stronger than the soul of the physical realm. Because the soul is of soul. It isn't of this world. And it isn't until we, the soul, that is trapped in this world of the mind and all of its qualities, begin to dis disperse, not disperse, but with withdraw our attention from the world, from the mind, and pull ourselves back above it and give our focus and our attention or in a wakeful state back to the soul itself that the soul can begin to have dominion over. And then truly we can make choices. Up until then we might be playing a game. I'm going to take charge, I'm going to be in control. Well, who's going to be in charge and who's going to be in control? Most likely it's going to be the emotions, the mind, the imagination, the body. We have four different voices ever yelling at us. No, no, I'm in charge. No, 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 we're going to do this now. What are you talking about? I'm the one. It's pretty confusing. But if you begin to wake up and know who you are as soul, as a child of God, and live that, and live from that place of the soul, the soul can put all these other qualities into alignment. And the mind, the emotion, the imagination, the body will begin to serve the soul's will. And what is the soul's will but loving? And why will the mind begin to serve the soul? Because the mind 
all this time has been searching outside of itself into the world for all these things that was going to bring it fulfillment, going to bring it happiness, going to make it feel loved. And all of a sudden it realizes that the truth of it is inside. It's above it. And it needs to allow that which is above to begin to radiate down into the mind, into the emotions, and all these body consciousness qualities. And they begin to be fulfilled. They begin to be filled with what they've been longing for. And no longer do they have to look into the world for those things to answer. All they have to do is allow. Allow the soul to be Allow the soul to do, allow the soul to express and move through all of them. And then they live in harmony, and then they live in joy, and then they live in fulfillment because they do as one action, not as four different actions pulling you apart. And it all begins simply by sitting down and going inside. And I wish it could be done right now. We'll spend an hour doing it right now, and then it's done, and you'll never have to think about it again. And you can leave here, just like when you went as a child and you got inoculated with a vaccine so you wouldn't catch a certain illness. And they said, okay, now you don't have to worry about that anymore. I wish it was that simple but there isn't a shot I can give you, there isn't a vaccine I can give you that's going to change everything. The only thing I can do is give you insight into a practice, into a way, into an action that will bring you to that place that you're longing for. And the nice thing is, when you leave the physical body, it continues. What you discover now in this practice, in this time, in this world of the physical, in this body, will continue on after this world, after this body. Because it is in the soul that it is awakened, it is in the soul that it is lived, and the soul continues on. The soul was before this physical body, and this soul will be forever. So why not let the soul wake up to its knowing of itself now so that from here on your journey is fulfilled and your experiences are ever fulfilling rather than ever searching. The soul continues a journey. From the moment it is created, it is on a journey. A journey of experience that God has given it to have. And each soul has a particular journey to walk, to take, to move on. What's interesting, though, is when we're in the soul realm and we're not in the physical realm, when we're in the soul realm and we're experiencing on that journey, 
that God has put the soul on. It's all about loving. And we are ever moving on this river of loving through the universe of spirit, through the realms of spirit. And we are experiencing loving everywhere we go. But on that journey, we are told to go and experience the loving in this part of the universe that has to do with joy. And now go over to this part of the universe in loving experience peace. But when we come down into the physical creation, which is a separate creation from the spiritual, we are told to come down here and experience this creation of reflection and loving, but we quickly forget the loving and get caught up in the reflection, believing the reflection to be true and forgetting the true. And the reason being is that this is the only part of God's creation that is separate from the true, that is separate from the spiritual universe, from the spiritual realms. And it's that separation, it's that difference that is the challenge here. So be aware even though you may not feel that you are loving, that you are a soul, that you are a child of God. You are. And the greatest action that we can perform is to wake up and to know that. The Greek philosopher said, the greatest truth is the truth of you knowing who you truly are. And then to be true to that, to be true to the truth of who you really are. That's a goal, not a challenge. That's a goal. A goal for all of us as souls in this physical creation. If we can do that, we will find fulfillment here. And if we find fulfillment here by living the loving in the world of reflection that God told us to do when we came down here, we will have fulfilled it. And then we go on to what's next. And what's next is we return back into the spiritual universe and continue on that journey of that river of loving in a wonderful way never to be separated again, never to be feeling lost and alone and longing again, but ever from there on to be fulfilled. And what's interesting is, just as we, in this spiritual practice of meditating on the sacred name of God and connecting into all of this and waking up into all of this, just as we are now in the movement of leaving this physical universe, there are yet souls coming in here for the first time into this physical universe to begin the journey that we have been taking. And the more that we, the souls that have been here, can 
find our way on back home from which we came in the Spirit, the easier it would be for them to do it as well. The hardest journey was for the first one who came into this world, into these physical creations, and had to find their way through it. That was the hardest journey. Isn't it always true? You go into a jungle, and the first thing you do is you look for a path. Well, guess what? If you're the first one into that jungle, there is no path. There is just jungle. And then you're the one who cuts the path. You're the one who cuts the way. And you've got to figure it out. In which direction do you go? And what about now? And what about now? And then the next one who comes along and they find that path, they go, oh, but it's not wide enough. I'm a little bit broader than they are. So now they're cutting the path a little bit wider so that they can make it through easier. They don't want to walk the path sideways all the way through. And then somebody else comes along, and but they have a partner. But the partner doesn't want to follow along, so now they cut the path a little bit wider. Well, by the time we're on this path now, the path is pretty wide that all these souls that have gone before us have walked. But the more of us that walk this path in meditation inside and in the world, the wider this path gets. And the wider it gets, the easier it is to stay upon it. Don't walk out on the edge. Stay in the center. Stay in the center. And even if you wander a little bit, you're not going to maybe leave the path so easily. The first one walking it, center was nowhere except where they were in the moment. And they cut a path of the center, but now it's wider. And we can walk that center space and still have a lot of space around us to live in, to live in this path, to live in this truth. So be aware that as you walk this pathway for yourself, you're also walking it for those yet to come. You're packing it down a little bit firmer so nobody trips over the rocks you just tripped over. Maybe you're picking them up and throwing them off to the side of the path. Or maybe you're out on the edge just cutting, cutting away a little bit more so that your path is easier cutting back those limbs that hang over. We're all doing this together. And yet, ultimately, we all have to do it for ourselves. We have to sit down. We have to go inside. We have to do the meditation. We have to wake up. We have to live the truth of the loving that we find as we wake up. Live it in our meditation and then live it in our daily life. That's how we walk this path. That's how we lay down this path. The key is, when you're not in the loving, choose in the loving. And when you're in the loving, be in the loving. Rejoice. 
and know that if you choose out of it, it's just that easy to choose back in as it was to choose out. I know that. The nice thing is, once you've been in the, in the pathway for a while, and you know the world of polarity out here, and you know the loving of neutrality in here, you're going to choose back to neutrality pretty quick because it's so much simpler. It's so much more joyful. It's so much more peaceful than the world of polarity. But yeah, we're still going to choose back into the world a little bit. That's just human nature. That's part of the physical consciousness. Yeah, but I want to... And we'll go do it and we'll go, boy, that's pretty empty. I think I'm going to choose back over here where it's full. So look at what Brian shared today and what I've shared today and see how you might apply it in your own daily life. And begin to ask that question. So where is heaven? And have you found heaven yet? And how did you find it if you did? And if you didn't, how are you going to continue the search? Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else should be given unto you. All else isn't given unto you and then you find heaven. It'd be pretty nice. But I think finding heaven first is a key. But the one thing I'm going to leave you with is the statement says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given to you. It doesn't say find first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given to you. Seek. Sit down, meditate, keep God first, be in the loving, bring that action into the daily life. Seek, and all else should be given to you. God's saying, if you do your part, I'll do with you. I will bring to you those things that you need in your life so that you have the time to seek. And you're still going to be doing the world but I will be participating with you in the world as you participate with me in the Spirit. Go look up the word seek and see what it really means for you. And then see what it is you've been seeking and see if you want to change the direction of your search. All right. Well, thank you all very much.